What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Astronomy Podcast. This is episode 189, and I am your host, the great non-captain, <laughs> the Bruce Wayne of Bricago, Caesar, Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan, and I am here this week and every week with the scientist with I don't know I I don't even know where I was going to go I was going to try and freestyle <laughs> something really dope um um yo you know what his fro do he know what that math do he's <laughs> Sharif Jackson of sharifjackson.com how are you today sir I'm good man I actually haven't heard Caesar's in a while yeah. um not sure why you're bringing that back. Maybe yeah. it's because because uh, like you've been rocking that new Taylor Swift. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, maybe that you know put Kanye back in your mind. Right. I well, I was you know yeah. I was thinking about uh, climbing up naked into some trees and taking some pictures. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so Caesar yeah, so, so entered the enters the building. I, I actually is I think Austin didn't Austin uh, declare you with that name? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. During his been. first appearance, yeah, it might have been. Think. Yes. Yeah, he might have been. That upon yes, you, he, so. yes. So I, I wear it with pride. I dub <laughs> the Caesars. So says Austin Walker. I know. I don't. I don't get the cool names, man. Like I, I need to be knighted, Joe. I need to bend the knee and like yes. have somebody put the sword on my shoulder and say, you know, I dub the something. But you know, I always get Reef Sharif, right. Sharif Jackson, Reef Jackson. Right. So, somebody knight me with a name. Beefy Give me a cool Reef. name. You know, I, yeah, that's that's I got beefy reef, beefy I got reef in your teeth, right? You so, know, what was I, your what was your hip hop uh, your MC name? So, so my MC name was Reflux. 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 Oh, I get that reflux. acid reflux. Yeah, uh, reflux. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ripe for a lot of great punchlines and metaphors. Yes, uh, yes, as well. exactly. So, oh, all right, um, all right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the name back in the. Back in the rapping days, yeah, man. No doubt. I had a lot of fun in my twenties, man. We used to, you know, I was in college. We used to go out to to the little like local clubs. Like I had a bunch of friends that we all freestyled and and had songs, and it was just a blast, man. Right. It was a lot of fun. Word up, word up. So, uh, yeah, we we uh, we have we have with us. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, everybody, thank you for watching on Twitch. But if you're watching on Twitch, you get to see the great captain uh, fielding questions behind the podium, <laughs> doing his best uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders impersonation. <laughs> exactly. Right now. He's the uh, Sarah Sanders of Bricago. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's, he's talking about, uh, you know, Bricago is not a uh, is not a DACA. We're not following the DACA rules. We are not at all. We are a sanctuary okay. place by far. Right. We are, um, we are sanctuary AF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's you know, it's 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 kind of sad to miss Kyle for a second week. So right. I had to get a photo of him doing what he does, right. moderating fools. Right. Uh, you know. So um, yeah. Shout shout out to you, Kai, and uh, sh- shout out to your uh, significant other as well. Yes, uh, yes. She is enjoying a birthday. Happy birthday. Um, so, uh, so I thank you for holding that down. Right. Um, you right. know, but uh, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm feeling pretty good. As I, as I've been telling you on, uh, you know, in our chats and stuff, the, my favorite year in gaming, yeah. I think could possibly be this year. 
Yeah, I, you know, every day I, I, I'm having a big smile on my face, man. I was I was amazed when you said it, um, but I can't. I, I mean, I really, obviously, I can't refute it. It's your it's your feelings, right? Your feelings are wrong. They are invalid. Um, <laughs> but but it, I mean, it's hard to refute the evidence, the, the the preponderance of evidence to kind of support this belief that uh, 2017 is equal to or greater than. 2007 yeah i think it's trending that way i mean for me personally i mean it's just god like 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 uh, i was i was trying to connect to destiny 2 last night and there was a server issue on uh sony um so there were i don't think it, it didn't affect the whole psn but i was one of the people that was affected and at first i was mad but then i was like you know what i can just like play mario and rabbits Right. While I'm waiting, yeah, and I just went from one great game to another great game without a stop, and I was just like, "Yo, this this year is crazy." Yeah, you know, and and there's so many other games that I could have just picked up that I haven't had a chance to go through because there's just this year is just overwhelming. It, it is, is overwhelming. It, is. it really, you is. know, really and is. and and like this is coming from like someone that you know owns their own business, so can right. set their own hours, and I can definitely play more games now than I did when I had a nine to five. I'm like, if you have a nine to five and if you have like a nine to five and like a family, I'm like, good luck trying to get through (laughs) all the games this year. Like you might as well just chalk it up and just be like, yo, right. um, I'm only going to get through a couple, you know, because there's just, there's just too many. Yeah. Too, too many. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is, it is really, really, really something. And uh, uh, so peek behind the curtain, uh, for this week, we were supposed to have a guest in that fourth box where gaming looks good currently on Twitch uh, was supposed to be the one and only Mr. Ben Hall Miller from EA Sports, from Electronic Arts, from EA Sports, from Tiburon, uh, producer, one of the great producers of Madden NFL 18. Unfortunately, Ben could not make it this week because he is uh, he and the rest of the state of Florida and the U.S. Virgin Islands and uh, all of the Caribbean are uh, battening down the hatches for Irma. Yet another superstorm, another hurricane has uh, hit uh, our loved ones, uh, residents of Chicago. And uh, we want to yet again send our wishes, our condolences to uh, anyone who has lost anything or hopefully not anyone. Uh, But but also, you know, look, if you guys if you need help, let us know. Um, But for all of you that are on the eastern seaboard uh, dealing with Irma, uh, please stay safe. Please stay dry, stay hydrate, stay hydrated, uh, stay alive. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely take those evacuation orders seriously because uh, I think they evacuated the Keys. Yeah. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, and the hurricane already hit Bermuda at pretty much full strength. Yeah, and I was listening to NPR, and they said luckily only ten people died. I think in the Caribbean because <sighs> this thing was a Category Five right. that the eye hit the island. Wow. You know, and it was almost like utter destruction of the actual 
houses and like that kind of stuff. So it could have been a lot deadlier. Right. Um, so thank God that, you know, that, um, you know, that there wasn't a larger loss of life. And I'm hoping that, you know, that like Florida kind of escapes from like some of that as well. But yeah, I mean, just last week we were talking about Harvey and all that stuff. Right. It's just, it's just a bad time of year, man. Um, it's a bad time of year for these hurricanes and obviously climate change and all that stuff is. Hey, the, the EPA chief said, there's no no reason to talk about climate change right now. Yeah, but the EPA chief is an idiot. So. Right. Well, fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I um, so um, before we go on, wanted to address um, Electronic Sanctuary in the chat said why this year. Tell me about it. Um, talking about you know why I said that this was the best year is trending to be my favorite year. Um, and you know what? I'll say that from the beginning of the year there hasn't been a time where I haven't had an absolutely great game to play. Right. I've not had gaps. Usually, usually the great games will be kind of sprinkled and like, I'll have gaps where I kind of catch up on my backlog of like games that reviewed kind of mediocre. So I'm like, all right, I'll get to that a little later. I've literally jumped from, you know, well, well, well recommended game to well, 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 well recommended game. And I've liked them all. Right. Um, and I can't remember another year where that's happened, where I've literally have not had a gap, um, since, you know, you know, since the beginning, since January. Yeah. And you couple that, um, um, with, with the, uh, fact that, um, you know, that, uh, that Zelda breath of the wild is the first game in maybe 15 years to crack my my uh, top five games of all times list. Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, this year for me is, 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 is uh, just, just, uh, just, uh, just, just crazy. And um, also the question is, you know, uh, tell about when you were talking about having nine to five and a fam, how do you finish games? Well, uh, that would, that would really be C because C got kids right. and a nine to five. I have a lot more time. well, I work a lot for my business, <laughs> right. but I can work when I want to, right. you know? Um, so, uh, so I see how, how do you finish games? man? How do you finish games? Um, you, you lose sleep. That's, yeah. that's how that's you do it. it. That, I mean, really, honestly, that's how you do it. I mean, you've got to, obviously you've got to pay the bills. Uh, you have to remain gamefully employed so that you can support the habit. Um, you've got, if you're in a relationship, you've got to manage that. And make sure, uh, you know, I mean, it's almost like playing Persona 5 without the murder. Um, <laughs> without so, the dungeon crawling. Yeah, without the dungeon crawling and the murder. Um, <laughs> but, but, it, but you know, I mean, it really is about managing your time and losing sleep and, you know, and, and uh, figuring out where, you know, something's got to give. Something's got to give at some point. And, and usually it's games. That wind up, you know, that wind up taking the back seat. But to your point about 2017 being uh, the year that it is, I mean, I really honestly, you know, as I think about it really quickly, I think that there's been a game of the year candidate released at least once every month. And if there if there hasn't been one in that month, there were two the previous yeah. month to carry over yeah. into that month. Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely averages out to yeah. one a month. Absolutely, yeah. it's just yeah. 
Woo. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Like like the recap show we have this year is gonna be very tough. Right. Very right. tough when it comes down to that stuff. Yeah. I'll be very curious to see how it goes for us. Right. Because there's gonna be some fights. <laughs> there there are there will there will be fights. Um there will be uh some some blue language used, I'm sure. Um <laughs> what I'm actually looking forward to also is our uh semi annual uh buyer's guide for uh African American Friday. Nice. Now that we have three uh consoles, three new consoles again, uh the Bercago has definitely talked about how much they love that. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh yes. defending or or promoting the Xbox One X. Hopefully it is really nice and uh you know that's that's where I will side. I'm sure. So uh, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be definitely be fun to do that this year. Yeah. 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 We 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 like consistently get feedback about that episode. Right. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Dragon Con. That's right. You were down in the A. Right. I was in the A. Um, It was my first time at Dragon Con. Um, and it was a blast. Like that con is just, I feel like it, it, it doesn't quite get talked about as much as, you right. know, the comic con, like New York comic con, San Diego and that kind of stuff. Right. But dragon con to me was probably the most fun I've had at a con. Wow. Um, and I think part of it is because the cosplay second to none. I've never seen really? such good cosplay at such a volume hmm. to where you feel like you're not, you feel like you need to step your game up. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I have like a very basic wharf cosplay that I, uh, <laughs> that like I use, I have the shirt and the pants, right. you know, and the star Trek pin and a pistol, but you know, I don't have the prosthetic, uh, forehead. I don't have the hair eyebrows or like that stuff. People was people were coming with just serious, serious, serious cosplay. Um, and if you go to my Instagram feed, which is which is the same thing as my Twitter, uh, which is Sharif Jackson, um, you can see a lot of the pics that I posted there. A lot, a lot of great video game cosplay. Um, I think my favorite was the Overwatch stuff. Um, there were a lot of Overwatch. Um, a lot. I, there, there, there might have been as many Overwatch cosplayers that I saw as like Marvel and DC, which you wow. would think would dominate a lot. But there were a lot of Overwatch stuff. Um, like every skin in the game almost was represented by a cosplayer, including like the summer game skins that were exclusive for the summer. Wow. Um, so like there were a lot of like soldiers with the uh, past the stakes apron. Right. <laughs> on. I saw a McCree in like a lifeguard uniform. I mean, it was, it was nuts. Wow. So if you love cosplay, yeah. you definitely have to go to Dragon Con. Wow. Um, and there was also a video game track, which is interesting because obviously, oh. you know, um, Ka was at PAX. So this right. was the same weekend as a uh, PAX, which right. is, you know, the, the premier gaming. Well, well, of of the premier Pax, fan of, yes. fan forward gaming yes. uh, convention in, in the United States. Yes, but but like you know, not everybody can make it out to Seattle. You right. know, so like they had some significant gaming 
programming and like i went to like uh, some sessions on like tropes and representation hmm. in games and i talked to a bunch of folks about games as well during the uh, science panels that like i spoke on um so um yeah it was i was very very happy with um how it turned out um met up with a lot of cool folks from fan bros to uh, oh. black girl nerds oh. to you know to to, to uh, brother comics you know all oh, kind right. of dope stuff um so like definitely shout out to um everybody that that like i saw there i met a bunch of fans as well of us born on me which was great um so so yeah if 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 you live in the southeast it's a no-brainer um to go but like i would say even if you don't like consider it because um you know flying to atlanta is usually you can get a a good deal since it's such a large airport um and man was it a great experience just just an absolutely fantastic time and to top it all off i got to visit some cousins that i literally have not seen in almost 20 years that live outside of atlanta um so i also got to make a family connection and you know they don't know nothing about this nerd shit so like they were like what is this dragon con like even though like they've lived in atlanta for like 15 years so they've seen it kind of grow from this small thing to essentially taking over downtown um but atlanta is so crazy during labor day because there's there's it's like black pride weekend so like they have like like their thing they actually have a separate black pride from regular pride which is amazing um there was a bunch of like uh, football games as well, so all these things like coalesce um, all, all all downtown, um, and they just kept on saying, "What is this Dragon Con?" So like I kind of had to you know do my best job of representing all of nerdery, all of fantasy, sci-fi, TV, and movies <laughs> right. to to my uh, uncle and my cousin. Yeah, um, right. I think I did a good job. You, you, know? you, you were reliving your high school days where you had exactly. to be the representation of all blackdom. That is what it felt like. Right. It really did feel like that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it was it it was just really great. And yeah, I would I would definitely recommend that um, y'all yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really great. Uh, do you know now if there were uh, if any of your panels? were are streamed or are archived somewhere so that we can check them out yeah i'm trying to figure that out um i think the science of luke cage panel that i spoke on was archived all right um, yeah, because when I, mean. I was there um it was like you're on dragon con tv you know so oh, okay. like they wanted to make sure that you didn't do anything too nuts um <laughs> and i believe that they archive all their tv programming um, I haven't seen a link or like anything um, yet, um, but I'll definitely spread that around to the uh, to the uh, peoples. But it was so cool. Um, and after we finished the uh, the uh, panel, that this like one kid runs up dressed in in not not in the Luke Cage in the it, not like Luke Cage in like Netflix, but he was dressed right. as Power Man. All right, um, all right, and, like, with he, the tiara. He, yeah, yeah. Nice. And, and like he was like maybe 15 years old. He ran in with this huge smile on his face and we all took photos and stuff. It was just great. That's dope. It yeah. was great. Was he brolic though? He was not. He uh. was 15. <laughs> and I know some 15, 15 year old brolic dudes. Well, they're juicing. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you can't be brolic at 15 right. unless you're like LeBron or right. like somebody. It's just not happening. Not happening. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh yeah, so uh Ka and Tanya were both at PAX West. Um I have it on good authority from Tanya to Pass that uh Khalif recorded at least one of the panels that they appeared on together. And uh so hopefully we will get some of that footage and be able to uh and if not uh, host it at least be able to point everyone in the right direction so that they can actually uh, get to see it um, and get to witness the dopeness that is Bricago, um that is you know what we do and why we do it and why we love doing it uh, so that that'll be really great to see um, what also is great to see uh, speaking of um, doing dope things is the fact that like Reef was saying earlier, 2017, great year for games, too many games. Um, Last week, we talked about a game that had an alpha or had a beta for the PC. uh, Mm -hmm. And now, uh, hell, the the episode was titled, I play more games than (laughs) Destiny, or Destiny isn't the only game I play. Um, Well, you know, since it released uh, 36 hours ago, uh, as of Thursday... Destiny is the only game I play. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I have been playing Destiny. Right, yes, exactly. I have been playing D- Destiny and uh it is it is uh a lot of fun uh so far. And uh yes, Tanya, that is a static picture of Khalif. He is answering questions on another channel right now. So, if you go to uh, I don't know. I'm not even gonna say anything. All right. So, <laughs> anyway. well, he's moderating stuff. Right. Right. Man. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. He's uh, he's auditioning to be Sean Spicer 2.0. Um. So, uh, Destiny 2. Uh, I have played. I have thoughts. Um. I. You know. I think it is. Uh. Just. Just a a. It's more of the same. It's more of Destiny, and that's not a bad thing. Um, The game itself visually looks amazing. Um, You can you can really see that in the vistas and the backdrops, um, the colors in in the game. I'm playing on an Xbox One S, um, and uh, but with a 4K television with HDR Pro and HDR 10. um, It so the HDR does it take icon. advantage of that of, of HDR? No, it so the icon doesn't pop up. Um, so I don't think that it is in HDR. Usually, they, I do have games where the HDR icon does pop up, and you can tell the difference. Um, but the game still looks looks and plays very very well, um, and it is it's an event. I mean, Destiny Destiny itself is an event. Um, congratulations to Activision because you've got yet another hit on your hands. Um, I think it, it is really good. I think it's going to keep people's attention for at least, for at least a little while. Um, but again, we're only, you know, we're, we're barely 48 hours in. Um, we're not even 48 hours in yet. Uh, Reef, you've got it, uh, spoiler alert, right? Uh, cause we, we talked about it last week. You said that you were only going to play it on PC. Yeah, man. But it, oh, it, you you pookied out. You pookied out, didn't you? I pookied out, man. I I I, I went to the Enterprise, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I went to the Enterprise. I got beamed up. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, Bungie. 
Right. Um, that actually might be the show title. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I couldn't do it. I was thinking about it. I was like, part of the joy of Destiny to me is playing it without knowing anything. Right. And doing the raids without knowing anything. And there is absolutely no way I could stay away from all Destiny news for like six weeks. Like, it's just not going to happen. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so I said, look. It looks way better on PC. It plays way better on PC, but it's still damn good on PS4, mm-hmm. you know? And since I've been playing it, you know, I'm not thinking about, wow, this will look better on PC. I mean, I'm just, because the art direction and all, and the gunplay and all that stuff is so good that I just immediately fell back in. I mean, I played the game for three years on a PS4 and a controller. So, you know, one beta of PC is not going to completely remove me from that um i will say it looks good it's been shugging for me a little bit though it's yeah. definitely been dropping below 30 frames oh it's yes. not a lock 30 frames yes like if there's a lot going on especially because this the full game seems to have a lot more weather effects than the beta had right so there's rain and there's other stuff and the game has definitely had some times where i'm like wow this is really pushing the ps4 you know like um so like i was a little shocked to see that um but aside from that i mean game's been great um i was tweeting about this i really enjoy interacting with characters in this game Mm -hmm. meaning going up to the cryptarch or like going up to like any of the various npcs because every time you go up to them they have a good five six seven lines of dialogue right. that oh, adds to the at, lore at least at and i least. sit there and wait and listen i don't just go up and just say give me give me my reward and shut right. up and right. leave right. so they've really done a great job of if you care about sort of the story and the lore they've done a good job of making these npcs actually like a part of the broader world and not just like receptacles for engrams right um so i've really enjoyed that um the little adventures i think are really great side missions um, that kind of like, you know, they, they like act as like a good um, way to like uh, break from the main story. Um, and like they're, they're all fun and they're challenging as well. Um, the public events, like the fact that like you can actually like track a public event and like rally to the flag so right. that everyone knows that is going on. So I almost, all my public events were packed with people yeah that's um and the public events even have like minor raid mechanics in them so so they're not just like shoot everything like there's times where you have to do specific things that you know aren't necessarily apparent at first play um so i really enjoy sort of like that mini challenge of of like finishing that up and i think that like that's going to make a lot more casual folks ready for the raid and be like successful for it if they try it because the one thing about the Destiny 1 raid that I liked about the raid, but I knew that it would filter out a lot of people, is the regular game is nothing like the raid right. at all. Right. Like, like, the regular game had no thought or puzzle solving in it at right. all. And, like, I'm talking about, like, the, the like, vanilla game, not Taken King and right. not, like, Rise of Iron and stuff. So, so like, people got to Vault of Glass and, like, people were like, what? what (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah so like i like that like bungie is like making these small like hey here's some baby step like mechanics to get you ready for the kind of thought that we're gonna have in both the strikes and the raid so i really like that um and 
all in all, man, I, I just really like it. I haven't had a chance to jump in the crucible yet because okay. typically with these games, I like to finish the single player before I dive into anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say that I think that so far they've solved the main issues I've had with destiny one, which was making the other characters like believable parts of this world. Right. Um, pacing um and just having some sense of a story like they seem like they know where they're going with it whereas like the other one was like oh the darkness the stranger <laughs> they they just kind of threw just these random people into here and just expected you to kind of make your own story right where, where whereas i think that here they actually crafted a story that they're letting you play through which i think is just a a, a huge difference yeah um I- for the better yeah, I I agree um 99 with 99% of that. Um I think that you're right that they they have uh crafted a much better story um and and have made the NPCs feel alive. Um I think they've done that at the expense of your character. Um okay. yeah, I think that that your character is more bland now than and more generic now than you were even in the original Destiny. And uh, essentially, your character doesn't speak. It's you know your character is a mute, which happens a lot in first-person shooters and a lot of uh, you know adventure-type games. Um, but what they have chosen to do is your character doesn't necessarily emote, doesn't speak. But the, your ghost, your companion, has never shuts up, and, <laughs> and is having the conversations with the NPCs that you think that I would think that the character should be having. That you, yeah, it's. Should be, should be I agree. It's it's a very weird choice because clearly Bungie has the budget. If they wanted to do a fully voiced player, they could. Right. Right. So I feel like it's a stylistic choice. Um, so that you could be the guardian, but I feel like it does fail. Um, I feel like they could just easily just say, just add some piece to the lore that when a ghost resurrects someone that they can't talk like it, like it would be totally believable to me in this world. If, if like, Hey, I can animate them, but I can't reanimate speech or whatever. And that's why the ghost has to talk and process. I'd be like, cool, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's also weird because if you remember in destiny one, there was maybe, two parts where you actually talked right um so they did show there that you do talk um but i feel like they could have just retconned that because who cares like about the original campaign right. you know what i'm saying right and then don't have a like fully voiced person i don't think anyone would have a issue with that but i do agree that it would tremendously improve things if they actually had you have dialogue not only between you and other NPCs, but between you and your ghost. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that would have opened up a lot of uh, character depth that is really yeah. missing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. I I think that there, you know, I think that there was, there definitely obviously was an opportunity to do uh, that character the ghost kind of buddy cop conversations but that would have ventured too far into the chief cortana dynamic um which you know i mean it's fine it's fine right it's i mean it's fine like you know right they don't i mean you know uh halo doesn't have have a uh have a have a patent on that kind of stuff but 
at the same time, I do think that, uh, you know, they, they want to do stuff. Bungie wants to do stuff that they know that they can do while also not clearly biting off of the stuff that they've done in the past. Okay. Uh, which, which I, I think is, is one of the things that they're doing. Um, I will talk about something else that, that is, is kind of, I'm kind of down on, but before I do that, I will ask you, have you checked? Do you have a sense of how much time you've played the game so far? Yep. So I played it for six hours. So okay. when it launched at 11 a.m. Central, 11 p.m. Um, sorry, 11 p.m. Central. I was able to get in at noon because you know because they put you in a queue or whatever or, or midnight. Um, uh, you 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 were sorry, crazy. Sorry, what hours. is going on with what? Is yeah, <laughs> I I apologize. All my all my anti meridians are messed right, up. You know right. what I'm saying? Like my midichlorians, my right. anti midichlorians. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I st- started playing uh, around midnight and I played till six. Mm, wow. Um. You know I. You know, as I said, I I work I work for myself, so I made sure I didn't have a tutoring session until late afternoon the next day, and said, "Hey, I'm going to play, and then I'm going to sleep, and then I'm going to get up and tutor." And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Um. So, but that's the last of my play because I couldn't get in last night. Yeah. Um. So I pretty much I like got in and said, "Yo, I'm going to play as much as I can until I get tired." Right. Um. So about six hours. Wow. Okay. So I uh. So again, the game was released on uh. Tuesday, Tuesday night at uh, 12, 12 or Wednesday morning, midnight Eastern, 11 p.m. Central. (laughs) I I, I got in at uh, at midnight Central, uh, much like Reef. And I played for I don't know how long I played. Um, right. I have no idea how long you might I played. be still playing now. Right. I might, I might be, <laughs> but I, uh, so the game has been out for one, not even two full days yet. Not even. I've got 15 hours left. Whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy crap. How, how did you take off work? I, um, I did not take off work. I Man, worked both that's days. Even more impressive, Jeez. I, Yeah, I worked both days. Um, I'm not sure how I'm awake. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I definitely um, played well beyond my bedtime. Uh, well beyond the time that it was safe to um, <laughs> <laughs> not to uh, to wake up for the next for the next day. Um, but yeah, I've I'm 15 hours in. I've hit the level cap. Um, I have not, oh, wow. yeah. I have not completed the story yet, but I have been playing a lot of the side missions and everything else. Um, I have unlocked all of my powers. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So, so in 15 hours, guys, you can expect to have done reasonably. It's reasonable to say that within that amount of time that you would have uh, been able to accomplish s- similar things. So um, you're saying that. 15 hour like so how how much of it do you think you spent on the campaign uh i would probably i would probably have to guess about about a third of that time so about 5 hours okay, okay. cuz 
Cause, cause I'm expecting like an eight hour. I'm not expecting it to be like a fifteen or twenty hour. Oh no, 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 no! I don't even I think, think it'll be probably eight hours. I think like if that. you if you really powered through it just by watching, you know, just watching the cutscenes, but going directly from one oh, of yeah, it yeah. to the next to the next yeah. to the next, that you could probably get this done in about five five. Or six yeah, hours. but but it's totally not intended to be that. Like no, they no. Specifically, say go to this adventure. Right. You know, right. like they kind of show you. By the way, the navigation of this game, how you can track stuff and jump to different like landing points. Very good. It is really, really very, like very good. Yo, you can tell and like I know everybody that says everybody that works at Bungie, I've heard Lisa Brown say this, I've heard Luke Smith say it. Everybody says, Hey, we're fans of this game. We not only work on this game, right. but we play it in our personal time. Right. So we know about the problems. This game really shows I think more than I've ever seen from a company that they are fans of the game and that they know what the everyday player goes through, that they can kind of remove their developer hat and 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 like actually view it as like a like consumer and all the changes really show that. Like I'm yeah. just really impressed by just how like the UI works and 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 like you know how fast that you can jump from thing to thing. It's I've just been like, yo, this is this is a great experience. Right. Yeah. Uh it 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 really has been a fun experience. It it the thing that Destiny that thing that playing reminded me of was uh, and so here's here's a, a really, really awesome thing that happens at the beginning of the game. Um yeah. and, and which leads me right into my point. If you played Destiny, the original Destiny mm-hmm. as the game is loading up there's this like this scrapbook as the the beautiful score is is playing mm-hmm. um, this like scrapbook of moments of key moments within the original destiny that you completed along with the fire team that you completed it with so you get the PSN names or the gamer tags of the people that you were playing with at that particular moment when you uh, finish the vault of glass, or you took down you took down Crota, or uh, yes, you know all of those things, and it was beautiful, very beautiful. To to not only was it displayed really really you know very well, like you know it was a wonderful scrapbook. I would have expected like the I will remember you <laughs> song to be playing or something. like that. I wanted that. some boys to men. I wanted right, right. to miss so hard to say goodbye. Which, right. Um, which, by the way, if you didn't sing at your eighth grade graduation, yeah, yeah, I know young. that you're too young. To you're too young. To you're too young. Um, you need to, yeah, you need to go ahead and get a reunion together so y'all can sing that. Um, but uh, so, like that part was beautiful, and just like just that. It really, it really gave me a sense when I was watching that of how how involved with my friends and my friends list. Yes, um, I was playing this game and then actually playing the game and getting involved with my friends. Like I was, you know, I was chomping at the bit to get to a point where I could actually have a fire team again and play with my friends again and go on, you know, goofy misadventures with them again through this game. And and how it's a great vehicle for that. Um, yeah, that's what was so cool is that they showed you the fire team that you did the event with and the right, date. Right, right. Which, by the way, I found out that, and I guess I never thought about this, I never beat the last raid. Yeah. 
Yeah. I thought I did. Huh? But yeah. I remember getting really close and That's I guess right. I watched videos of it beaten, but then right. <laughs> I was watching the moments and like I was like, wait a minute, they didn't show uh the Wrath of the Machine. I was like, right. damn it, I never beat that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, you know, that was great and then being able to sit and play with my friends was great and and you know, uh kind of taking the trip down memory lane within Destiny was great. Now here is so I have three problems with the game so far in the less than 48 hours in the 15 hours in less than 48 hours since the game has been released that I played. Uh, the first is the the point I made about the story, which is your character feels disconnected, um, disconnected from everything that's going on. And 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 you as the player have to connect um, emotionally with your ghost to connect with the, the NPCs as opposed to your character. Uh, the second is the frame rate drops. Um, I've experienced them a couple of times uh, in the, in the first couple of days, this is something hopefully that they'll be able to patch. No problems. Um, it, it doesn't, it's not bad to the point where it, it negatively impacts right. the game overall, but it has happened. And when right. it does happen, it is very noticeable. Yes. Yeah, noticeable. Um, absolutely. Um, so, um, you know, so the, that's, that's two. The third thing is, and this is something that you probably haven't experienced yet because you've only played for six hours, is I, I feel like the game plays to its memories a little too much um, okay. the, with the rogues gallery, with the villains or, or the enemies that you have to face. I feel like as I've played... Um, you know, like, uh, of course, you're going to have the different races. Um, of course, the races will be the same and they've they've implemented new clans within certain races that behave mm-hmm. differently. And you can see that in the way that they play in the tactics that they use. And that part is great. Um, but as you're going through the campaign, um, the those guys, those those new experiences and, and some of those new characters are basically bullet fodder. But the other stuff, the the mini bosses, some other stuff that you see are are directly pulled from the original Destiny. And, you know, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember that character. I remember that boss. And, and it made me think about the first time I encountered that boss and how difficult it was. And then I go through and I fight that boss and, you know, and then it's, you know, then it's done. Uh, and then I'm going through some other mission and there's another example of the exact same boss, you know, the exact same archetype doing the exact same thing. And I was like, oh, I remember this guy, too. By the third or fourth time, I was like, you know, come on, guys. OK, but but do you think that kind of in the way that I guess that um, kind of a weird example, but the way that the switch is porting a lot of Wii U games, right, because they know a lot of people didn't play it. Do you think right. that? This is Bungie trying to appeal to people that never played Destiny or that tired of Destiny early on. So they want to kind of introduce them to these things that they might have missed. Um, No, because I don't think like you don't know what you've missed if you've never experienced it. Right. So the only people that are going to see these things and potentially be annoyed by them or or wax poetic about them will be the people that experienced them the first time around. 
So, uh, so, you know, I mean, you, you, I mean, you, obviously there are three choices. I mean, someone can sit back and, and reminisce about them positively. They can reminisce about them negatively, or they could be apathetic towards it. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, any of those things that happen at any given point is, is perfectly fine. Um, but for me, as I'm playing through it, I'm like, oh, you right. know, I just feel like, right. I, I felt so much, so much so like I felt like I was watching a band that I liked that had, you know, five or six hits over the course of their career. And I went to one of their concerts and that's all they did. They did their five or six hits. Okay. Um, you know, and you want that like, new stuff. You want right, that well, new yeah, stuff. right, right. Like I, you know, most of the time, maybe the the band analogy is is a bad one because you don't want to see the the new shit out exactly. the studio. That's that's trash. Play old stuff. Right, right. Play play the old stuff that I like that I paid the money for. That's um, right. But you know, I mean, so maybe that that analogy isn't isn't quite the right one to use because when you get a sequel, you want a lot of. A lot of what brought you to the the original game and what made the original game great, which Destiny does, Destiny Two does in Spades, um, but you want to you want to see them introduce new things, new ideas, uh, you know, new ways to play uh, as as well, along with new characters, which Destiny Two does. I would probably say about eighty five percent. The Crucible, I, I did get to play the Crucible. Um, I only played a couple of matches in the Crucible. People lamented the fact that it was going going from six v six to four v four. I can understand now why for the the choice for four v four was made, and I oh. agree with it now. Um, okay, there is there is definitely a, an extra level of strategy that you can use with four players that you weren't able to use with with six. That mm-hmm. um, really makes the game. The matches more competitive, more fun, and less chaotic. Okay, so inch, inch. that's that's interesting because I know that some people, including me, kind of like the chaos a bit. Right. Um, I know that it's not as team friendly and stuff, but I think a lot of people did like sort of these six v six control maps that were kind of crazy. Right. Um, I do like the four v four, but I don't think it should have been at the expense of having at least one mode that's chaotic, you know? Um, But yes, I do understand why they did it. It's a lot more focused. It's a lot more organized. Um, And again, I haven't played any of the new maps, but the two that I played in the PC beta and the PS4 beta, um, I thought that those maps were great for like 4v4 and they totally made me a believer, you know, that the the 4v4 works, especially for the uh, countdown mode, for the competitive uh, mode, so... Right. Well, uh, I mean, there will be lots of Destiny 2 being played over the next uh, few weeks and months and probably a year to come. Uh, We want to know your impressions. Uh, If anyone in uh, the Twitterverse, anyone in Bricago wants to let us know, please contact us on our social media channels. You know how to do that. Um, And that would be awesome. Um, But let's move on to other games that we'll be playing in the weeks or months and probably not years. Years. Uh, Years. (laughs) Right. Um, This is a game that I'm really excited about, but it doesn't seem like a lot of other people are excited about it. 
But what they're doing is really, really interesting. Um, South Park, the fractured butthole is going to make the game harder for black characters. Um, <laughs> so Man. the, the, um, there have been some really interesting, uh, think pieces written about this particular subject. Um, and we've kind of talked about it here on the show that, uh, where we've likened being black in being a black person in America is, or, or being a white person in America is like playing a game on easy and, uh, being a black person in America is like playing a game on new game plus, um, the South Park, the fractured butthole, when that releases next month is going to allow you to create your character as, as an RPG is want to do. Um, and after the last thing you create on your character is the shader for their skin tone mm -hmm. and the darker you make the character, the more difficult the game becomes. And basically what they said was it doesn't affect compact. Uh, combat is right. just every aspect of your whole life. Yeah. Uh, so, so Reef, what do you think about uh, the 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 guys over at South Park um, putting out a commentary in this way? And do you think that it's impactful? Um, do you think it was the right thing to do? Uh yes, I do. Um, when, when I first thought about it, I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of silly. But then I was like, number one, people are talking about it. Right. Which is great. Right. Um, not saying all marketing is, is great, but you know, it, it is something that is pushing their game. Um, but number two, I started thinking about a game like Mafia three, which is obviously a whole nother beast. Right. But Mafia three was made more difficult because you were black, right? In the mechanics where if you go to this store, you know, the guy might call the cops on you, right. you know? Like the cops will search differently in poor neighborhoods versus rich neighborhoods in terms of the the uh, police response. Right. So even though in Mafia 3 you couldn't choose your shader or like you couldn't choose what you look like, it still predicated the difficulty of the game based on you being black in this world. You know, now, trust me, I know Mafia 3 is a whole different universe in South Park, but I'm just saying that I think that doing this is pretty dope. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Now, um, are they the right people to go into some, you know, super heavy racial discussions? No, but but I don't think they are. I think this is literally going to adjust some sliders right. and that's it. Like, right. like, I'm not saying that, that, um, Ubi and the South Park team are are, are going to make this into some, you know, Tanahasi Coates <laughs> manifesto <laughs> on race. You know what I'm saying? But I think that hey, if you're going to adjust some like sliders, yeah, hey, life is difficult, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um so I actually think that is cool. Um I think it's a good way to sort of poke fun and show that you're somewhat aware of these issues without fully delving into it. And I wouldn't want them to fully delve into right. it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, Ubi's Watch Dogs 2, I thought, was a good representation of it. So, like, so like Ubi shows that they will do games that, you know, do dive into that, um, budget, but n not this one. So I like that they're aware in that they're hopefully just keeping it at that surface level. 
Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, you're crediting Ubisoft and obviously they're the publishers of the game. And so they, you know, they've got a green light yeah. most things. And, and, I think uh, so. but, but I would credit this to Matt, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the creators of South Park. Um, people don't. So because of the fact that they, their humor is, is very, very lowbrow, it's very scatological, uh, it's very sophomoric, people discount their ability to be some of the greatest satirists of our era. And, um, you know, because they will make a very, very um, on the nose and, and timely joke about or or comment commentary on Scientology or the you know the the election or something like that and that well they'll they'll make that comment and then right after that somebody'll shit their pants. Um so like you sometimes that because of the sophomore humor, their um brilliance in in my opinion, their brilliance gets gets missed. And I think that this was you know, obviously, this was a, de- a deliberate move oh, on, 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 you know, on everybody's part. But I think it was exactly what Matt and Trey intended to do and do it for the exact right reasons. Like, hey, look, we know all of this stuff is bullshit. We know that, you know, black folks have have been getting a bad, you know, a bad shake at things. And. You know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to kick that hornet's nest uh, in the way that everybody expects us to kick that hornet's nest or, you know, or or may or may not be looking for us to do. But we're going to we're going to do it in in our way. And and, you know, and then we're just going to leave it at that. Right. You know, and and I really, really appreciate the fact that they 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 do that. Um, yeah. And and. Uh, another thing, um, Rylan, Rylan Games in the Twitch chat was saying we were going to actually talk about it also. But yes, so uh, they they actually talk about gender roles as well. Uh, your gender identity, uh, you can be transgender and uh, transgender uh, characters also get treated differently. So if you're a black transgendered character, man, you you may be in for a hailstorm of of grief uh, which is which is wonderful and you know i almost wish that it was the opposite you know like obviously it wouldn't make the same statement but i almost wish that it was the opposite i almost wish that the dark skin transgender person was the easiest character which means that it was more likely that people would be playing as those characters than huh. than than the other way around what other way around? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think that, you know, because in the article they mentioned that it's really going to affect, you know, as as I said, the amount of money that you get and how people right. talk to you, not combat, right? Right. So I think that the discussion of this game, not, not, not the discussion here, but the discussion I've seen on this is really acting like it's going to be some wildly different game like it's going from like extra like insane mode in gears of war to very easy or something like this is not gonna significantly significantly now i haven't played it but 
from from like what I see, this is not going to be a significant, significant change. That's going to make it from walk in the park to unplayable, right? Right. It's a subtle nod to that to that fact that being black is rough, which is why I think it's cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, like so, I I again, they have to nail it though. Like if they kind of keep on sort of. You know, if they nail it wrong or if they start throwing around the N-word or if they start, like, you know, doing all kind of stuff, then I don't know, you know. Um, but if it's just that it changes some of those conversations, I'm like, hey, that's that's completely cool. As 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 a matter of fact, I want more games with character creators to acknowledge when you do different things in yeah. your creator. Not only race, but, like, if you make your dude super tall or super short or like right. if you make a girl with long hair versus you know braids or that right. stuff i think it's a cool thing to to have you, them actually react to that so i'm i'm with the, it the last mainstream game that i can remember to do that effectively was fable Jeez, <laughs> yeah, you know um so so now that you've heard about this stuff reef does this make you more likely to purchase the game? Uh, probably not. <laughs> um, definitely not at full price. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Um, but you know what? If it goes on Steam sale, I mean, that's how I got the first game, Okay. Uh, which I still haven't played. Right. Um, you, you you should play it. It's only gra- 10 or 12 hours. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I grabbed it on a Steam sale for like three bucks or something oh, like on the man. PC. Um, so it's pretty much a no brainer. I know a lot of people say it's great. I did play a little bit of fractured, um, butthole at E3. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just not my thing, man. Like the South Park stuff is just not my thing. Yeah. Um, well, not that much of it. Like I've definitely dipped in and out of a South Park and there are some really funny episodes. Right. Um, but 10 to 12 hours of it, I feel like would just drive me nuts. But, but <laughs> you know what? If they make a demo, um, or if it goes on sale, I will definitely check out. And I definitely need to play through Stick of Truth and just see how it is. But how can I go back on games when this year right. has been, yeah. you know, just throwing stuff that I know I'll like? So won't, won't change my decision to buy it, to not mm-hmm. buy it, but I still think it's cool. Yeah, I uh, I will still go on record again as saying this is that the stick of truth is the funniest game I have ever played. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just hands down, laugh out loud, guffawing funny. Um, and and again, maybe it's because I'm not offended by the South Park humor. I'm a fan of this of the series. Have been for a really long time. Blah 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 blah. But uh, I really, 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 really love that game. It was one of my games of the year whenever it came out, uh, whatever year that was. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, but it was. Uh, I really, I really, really enjoyed that game. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, fractured, fractured butthole. Um, so uh, you know, let's let's make it happen. And uh, what we're gonna make happen right now is a little break. You guys are going to hear from uh, a couple of friends of ours. Uh, You're going to take a little bathroom break or whatever it is that you're going to (laughs) do. And uh, then you're going to catch us on the other side. I'm going to do a little Chuck Woolery. We'll be back in two and two. Uh, This is episode 189 of the Spawn on Me podcast. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
after this. What's up, y'all? This is Israel Adana J. I'm on Spawn on Me, Bracago. It's the hottest show. Make sure you stay tuned in. This is Solid Snake, and I have a mission for you. Listen to Spawn on Me. And pay some damn attention. Yo, yo, what's up, y'all? This is DMC in a place to be, the greatest MC in history. And the only place for me to ever be is right here with Spawn on Me. Rah! Welcome back to the Spawn on Me podcast, episode 189. It's Cicero Holmes, Stubby Stan, a.k.a. Caesar's Bruce Wayne of Bricago, with Shreve Jackson, Beefy Reef. Uh, like the Alfred of Chicago? Yeah, I don't know. Nah, you you know, you, <laughs> yeah, you're like I don't I don't know. What's uh like the the uh I like Nightwing. The, yeah, okay, know. you could you could be you could be Nightwing. You could I'm be Nightwing. Nightwing. I like you my could sticks. be I think you're like the Doctor Fate of Ricardo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I I can definitely roll with that. Yeah, I'll definitely roll like with the, that. The Doctor Fate of Ricardo. Um yeah, so and he is Reflux so he's, he's, yeah he's 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 a he's a dope boy and uh the dope boy <laughs> has uh some dope news for us uh what do you got what do you got first on first on deck what's yes. off the books this year off the books this year um so really really great story on kotaku um so the title of it is the cam girls who also stream on twitch um so if you don't know like a cam girl you know it's a girl that is you know usually scantily clad and you know and does uh cam like thing i don't say cam like things that's so dumb um, <laughs> you know like like they do things that might border on sexual um or sometimes sexual you know in front of a camera and right. people pay them for it right yeah like burlesque burlesque-esque yes, yes. so yes. like that's something that's existed for years and years right. you know like there's pay sites just like there's pay porn sites and that kind of stuff where like you know like you can pay for you know for a girl to do things and that and like that kind of stuff and this article talks about the crossover between that and the same girls that that like to also play like video games that also stream on a uh, twitch um so this focuses on uh two in particular um um geisha monroe and mandy morbid um and it talks about sort of like the like uh, similarities that they kind of see between the cam work that they do and the uh dream work that they do and like and like there's some really great quotes here as well um one that i wanted to uh, focus on was that it says it's hard to distinguish between the two jobs they're both forms of online labor based around cultivating and monetizing a personal following the platform itself is owned by someone else and that pr proprietor makes money off of ads and transition cut uh, cuts um, twitch and cam sites are only becoming more similar over time mm. so it's like so it's like really interesting how how you know on like twitch you know you're paid to be a personality to right. entertain to interact with the uh, chat and then you get donations and bits and subscriptions right. and like all right all like that stuff and you can work up to be affiliated or like partnered right. exact same thing on these campsites. Right. Um, so it's interesting to like, I see the women kind of talk about, you know, those, the, those like those like similarities. Um, one thing that was especially interesting though, was the differences. Right. Um, so like uh, Monroe says that 
She feels that campsites typically has a better sense of what the performer wants in terms of payouts, customer service, and reliability, and and the campsites are better at ensuring audience accountability. So they talk about how it's very clear what people need to do to get banned, and they enforce it very strictly. Um, and they have really strong like financial um, um, considerations to like prevent like uh, a lot of like fraud. Whereas whereas Twitch does not, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's like mm-hmm. been a consistent complaint that is kind of ambiguous what you have to do to get banned. Um, and both of the women in the article both talk about how. Both of them have gotten basically financially scammed on like Twitch where they're gotten like fake donations and that kind of stuff with like fraud PayPal accounts and like all that stuff. So it seems like because the campsites have been around a lot longer, you know, that like they definitely do a better job at like sniffing that out and that Twitch can, you know, that that like they can learn from that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, you know, as we've been talking about for a long time, Twitch needs to say, this is what we ban, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then stick to it. Instead of doing all these, except, well, you know, like this person is a big partner, so we can't do this or, or like that kind of stuff. Um, and the final thing I thought was I really dope is that it says that the arguments many streamers face regarding whether their work is real echo those that game performers have been dealing with for years. Um, and you know, we deal with that a lot just as gamers, right? Sometimes we have to convince people that we meet that don't understand that what we do is serious, you know, like, uh, we do a podcast every week, we review games, we like take it as, you know, as like a serious thing. Um, and like our Twitch people often have to defend their craft as well, especially the ones that are like 24 seven, like, well, well, not 24 seven, but like full, but like full time paid content creators that like you know it's not seen as real work in the same way that cam work and like really like any kind of like of like a women's you know work that like borders on the uh, sexual side is never seen as as real work Mm -hmm. right um so like it definitely you know you know those you know those like similarities and like differences are ones that i really didn't expect or think about um, so, so I thought that like, this was a really dope article, um, shout out to, uh, Merrick K for, uh, for, uh, writing it, uh, C any, any, uh, any thoughts on, or like any surprises when you were reading through on how it can be similar or different? Well, yeah, you know, I, I didn't really put much thought into how these two, uh, industries, could be you know like that that twitch is moving more towards this industry that you know is kind of is not necessarily seedy but but is you know if it's not the black screen that used to be at your your local stationery store where the 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 dirty magazines were it's a it's an opaque uh netting um for for that kind of stuff but <laughs> but but it's like the you know it makes sense now that, that to say like yeah the twitch model is becoming more like the 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 cam girl model um as twitch matures and as as you know as they're looking for new ways to monetize and their 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 uh content creators are looking for new ways to monetize the content that they're creating um on the medium and uh it, it made me think about immediately it made me think about 
what the differences are and why the 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 scamming that happens in on Twitch isn't happening on the porn sites, isn't happening on these interactive cam girl sites. And part of that has to do with the fact that these these smaller sites, these cam girl sites and, and you know, all of these all of those things that adult entertainment, um, they have to make sure that their technology works. Yep. It has to work. Yep. Because that's how they make their money. They don't make their many their money anyplace else. Um, you know, Twitch can advertise. Now, the porn sites can advertise as well, but they can only really advertise other porn sites or adult adult items. So maybe you get a Jack and Jill. Is that what it's called? No, not Jack and Jill. That's a completely different. I was like, right. is Jack and Jill advertising on porn? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Hey, you bougie um, black yeah. folk. Right, yeah. Bougie black folks uh, know what Jack and Jill is. <laughs> Anybody else, you can go ahead and Google what Jack and Jill is. And once you get past the the nursery rhyme, you can see what uh, Jack and Jill is. Not Jack and Jill, but Adam and Eve. So <laughs> Adam and wow. Eve. Yeah, so you get Adam and Eve uh <laughs> Uh, advertisements, banner ads, and what have you, maybe a couple of videos. Um, but you're not going to see, like, anyone who is not um, a paid subscriber to the Spawn on Me Twitch channel that, you know, signed into Twitch probably saw an ad for Taco Bell or PlayStation or something like that. You're not going to see those ads on a Cam Girl site. Um, and, and so because you're not going to see those types of ads, um, it means that those sites aren't generating that type of money. And because Twitch is generating that type of money, it, it they don't necessarily have to spend that the the manpower and the energy to figure out what it means when uh, one of their content creators believes they just received a huge donation for whatever it is, whether it's a charity stream, whether it's a personal stream, whatever whatever the reason is, they believe they received. Uh, a certain amount of money. Someone made a promise and that person reneged on that promise. Um, and then, you know, there really isn't a lot of uh, uh, responsibility on the part of Twitch to kind of rectify those issues or to try and curb them from happening, you know, keep them from happening in the future because it's not, it's not negatively affecting their bottom line uh, because Twitch is still making their money from from all of these other sources. Yeah, I mean, um, do, do you think a lot of it is just time? Like these campsites have just had time to figure out these issues? Or do you think there's like a fun... As as you say, it's more of a fundamental, like this is where the, the campsites... This is the only place that they make their money versus Twitch is like, you know, not that case. I think it's both. I think it, you know, I think it is time. I th- You know, I mean... If you if you want to know if an industry is viable, a new a new industry, you know, or a, a a new technology is viable, hand it over to the porn industry and see what they do with it, um, and then you'll see what everybody else is going to do with it. You know, x amount of time down the line, and that's exa- I mean that's that is proof positive throughout all of the different technologies that you think about have occurred over the last forty years. The, the VHS market exploded because of porn. The internet exploded because of porn. Um, uh, the Spawn on Me podcast exploded because of, 
Um, so wow. uh, that must have been before I joined. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I I do want to say that the cam cam the cam stuff and porn are not synonymous. Well, not not right? synonymous, but but right. Yes, clear. yes. So, but you know, so the, I mean, the, the uh, cam girls are not sex workers, and, right. and you know, I don't want I don't want to necessarily confuse the two, um, and you know. Um, I am doing a little bit of conflating just because it's, it's easier to do it, you know, like, right. the, yes, the, the, you know, so like they're, they're, they're quasi adult entertainment. Um, so, um, and, and as a result, it, they gate themselves off from quote unquote legitimate advertising and re- legitimate, you know, alternative revenue streams. Um, as a result of of uh, what you know, what they're displaying and and how they're displaying it, and what you know, what they're trying to promote. Um, but um, having said all of that, the porn industry or the adult entertainment industry, with it with, within any new technology, will go through and figure out all the pitfalls. Uh, they'll figure they'll figure out where people are going to try and get over, and they'll quickly close those loopholes for themselves. Yep. For, you know, in the interest of self-preservation. So, um, you know, and then they push that stuff out. And when you are a business, when you, you know, you aren't completely and solely focused on your user base funding everything that you do, then you can, you know, you can, yeah, for lack of a better word, get lazy um, with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that when it comes down to it, whether it's cam girls or Twitch or you or even like the IRL stuff on, you know, Google or like whatever, like it's all about people paying for a personality, right? Like it's all about making that connection with a personality. That's why some people watch streams, even though they could care less about the game because they like interacting with the person. Same reason why people pay cam girls. They feel like they have a relationship, you know, with that person, whether it's just financial or the chat interaction or, you know, getting off, obviously. Um, But like, you know, like it's all about that. So I think that, you know, that that's why this article was so brilliant, because it kind of realized that and kind of leveraged that fact that it's all about paying for our personality to you know to make those um those like comparisons and the differences so yeah i would definitely suggest to go over to uh kotaku and um check out um you know like that story on like cam girls it's very very good yeah yeah um also uh is very good is is something that we're going to leave you with which is uh the favorite game dev tricks to make games more fun uh, Reef, why don't you talk about how game developers make games more fun? They, yes. it just it's just like fun.exe, right? Fun.exe. You just install it right. d- directly to your C drive. No right. virus scan. You know, it's like Happy New Year. Uh, well, if you were around in 1998 <laughs> right. or 99, 99, I forgot when that was, yeah. but yeah. that was a virus that yeah. definitely went around my college campus. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> don't open email attachments. <laughs> oh my god, that was a uh, quite a time. Everybody's everybody's hard drive was getting right. messed up. Um, but yeah, so um, oh, I'm gonna butcher her last name, Jennifer Shurel. I think her last name is. Um, I follow her on uh, Twitter. She's, she, right. she's, you know, she's, she's a uh, game designer. Um, and she basically 
was like talking about, hey, what are some of the things that you do that are hidden from the player that that you know drive a certain feeling? And she started off by like saying that Assassin's Creed and Doom value the last bit of health as more hit points than the rest to encourage the feeling of just surviving. Mm-hmm. So like what so like what that means is when you get down to the last sliver it's actually more health than you think it is to like make it so that you're like always almost at the end and that you feel like wow I just made it. You know? Right. So uh, so so it's not something that they mention and it's not something that if you read it in a do- in a design doc like you might think, oh well, that's stupid. Like you should have the same health <laughs> all the time. But when you think about the emotion that the game is trying to get you to feel, right. it makes sense, right? You know, um, yeah. and and like there's a whole bunch of like great ones here. Um, I, I think I think one of my favorites is that um, you know in a Bioshock, um, right? that the first shots that an enemy fires always miss. Like they have a 100% chance of missing you so that you don't feel like that you're getting like a cheap shot from like an enemy that, that just pops up. Um, and it makes you feel like a little bit of a badass and that you have time to like react, plan out something, maybe maybe go hide or like that kind of thing. So like just, just some really, really, really dope things. Um, the the um it like basically says that like left for dead um deliberately targets the like uh the like a player either farthest from the group or the one that has a received less aggressive play you know so like they're always going for the person that's like alone or that right. or that has been safe so like there's just some just great great stuff here um yeah so uh so uh, i see did like you get a chance to Look through any of these. Did you see any that that uh, seemed very cool, or that made you like super frustrated? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. The the thing that seemed really cool to me was uh, the stuff about Left for Dead, and it really helped me to appreciate um, just how brilliant that game was. I th- I th- I think it's 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 really underrated. Left for Dead and Left for Dead Two. Yeah, they're great um, games. I, I, yeah, I think they're really underrated for their ability to uh, to um, create this asymmetrical uh, multiplayer experience, um, and in a way that even when you're playing the same level over and over again, um, the experience is unique each and every time, and and you genuinely feel the adrenaline rush of uh, and fright. Um, as a result of the game just kind of, um, you know, uh, attacking you the way that in in the very specific way that it does. Um, and to, you know, like you 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 subconsciously know that that's deliberate by the by the game designers. Um, but you don't sometimes don't think about the fact that somebody is actually really thinking about that. It's not like. Hey, we program the AI and we and the AI is just going to do what AI does. And, you know, voila, here's the game. There are very deliberate moments where we're attacking, you know, we're attacking you because you've been trying to, you know, you've been trying to coast this entire round. So mm-hmm. we're going after you specifically. 
Um, and that, that really is, that's, that's, that's smart game design and it, and it's fun and it really helps you to think about what, what the game is. Um, the, the other game that is, that I think is, is fantastic. And I'm really happy that the sequel is coming out next month. And that is, uh, Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. Um, because that nemesis system is just revolutionary. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, whoever, who, you know, whatever team or whoever the person was who thought of that idea and really, and, and brought it to fruition, kudos to you. Shout out to you. Cause it, it is just amazing. And then what they're able, what they're trying to do, um, with, with the sequel, um, in the way that the the nemesis system is is uh, potentially going to work in that game is just just unbelievable, and you know it really really helps me. And this you know this article really helps me to appreciate uh, just how smart and how much effort goes into making the games that we love. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like some of those. You know, like uh, the like mechanics that underlie like these games. Like it's hard to make a game feel fun. Like you can't make it one hundred percent like like uh, realistic. You know, and the uh, point was made in that thread. Like if we really made AI that were computers, you would never survive. Right? Because they can always outthink you. They know exactly where you're going. It's in the code. Like you would feel like it was super cheap. So they have to put these things in to make you feel as a as a protagonist that, you know, that you're actually achieving something, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, they have to make you feel good basically, you know? Right. And like, yeah, like there's some games that like definitely are a little bit of, of, of the cheapness because they want to frustrate you like a dark souls or like, right. so, um, but there's also games, you know, like a Mario Kart where they kind of, you know, one of the earliest things that I can remember where, you know, the rubber band thing, if you were in first, the players would immediately speed up and be right on your butt, right. like immediately, and like they would get better weapons and all that stuff, um, you know. So um, yeah, I I definitely think that there's that there's often times where, um, you know, where the genius of developers right has to come into play, and I'm sure that that like this just comes from all the testing that the testing teams. Uh, do and they implement these like a uh, solutions that might sound crazy in isolation, but they make these games more fun, you right? Know? And, and 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 I think that when it comes down to it, fun wins, you know. So yeah, if your game is like less realistic and more fun, I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm with it. Yeah. So I mean, and, and that's that is part of the reason that I love that I like Forza, the Forza Horizon series more than I like the Forza series. Yep. Um, because, you know, yeah, this, the simulation is great. They're beautiful to look at. Um, but I would, I'll take slightly less pretty cars with, with more to do than, you know, photorealistic vehicles with all the gears and all of the shifting and all of the everything. Um, but, but you know, with less to do every time, I'll, it, you know, I'll take yep. that every time. 
I would rather take like like to me that Forza Horizons three Hot Wheels expansion. Yeah, is one of the funnest things I've ever played in a racing game. Yeah, <laughs> like ever. I mean, yeah. it is just amazing. It's incredible, and I think that uh, Microsoft hasn't gotten I feel like enough props for what they've done for Forza Horizon three right. with their DLC support because both Blizzard Mountain and Hot Wheels are just really really easy expansions. Right. And once again, that's what's added to this year. Even though right. Forza came out last year, right? Um, and you know the support for these games, man, it's just such a great year. <laughs> such a great year, man. Yeah, it, it is a great year. Um, this has been a great episode. Yes, it has. Uh, and uh, you know, but uh, like the year that it has been so great for gaming, not for other things, but for gaming, um, this episode. Must come to an end. Really? Uh, I thought we were recording forever. Forever, ever? Ever, yeah. ever? Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Listen, I got I got uh, more Destiny to play. That I haven't played true. enough. I, I got to catch up to you. I just yeah, hope oh I can connect God. tonight. Oh I just hope gosh. I can connect. Yeah, really. Jeez. Um, so, uh, let's see. We normally, this is the point where Ka turns to me. And says, uh, hey, see, hit us with the social media business. And I ramble on. But mm-hmm. I'm going to say, hey, Reef, hit us with the social media business. That is true. Because if we look at Ka's image on the video, he is kind of looking right. closer to my direction than yours. Really, he's looking right. at the Gameless Good logo. But I'm in the logo. You well, are in like the logo. My knee's in the logo. So, like, that you're is, right. Yes. He, is, he is looking at me. So, right. like, I need, to, I need to do it. So right, I'm going to look at you, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah y'all so social media business is as follows spawnon.me that is the website that's where you can get all the episodes info on us twitter facebook instagram all that spawn on me all linked off of that page um also obviously we are on twitch every thursday um at uh 7.30 Central, uh, 10.30 Eastern, which is 9.30. Sorry, no. No. Oh, my God. 7.30 Pacific. Yes. 10.30 Eastern. Yes. Uh, which is also 9.30 Central. And, hey, right. 8.30 PM. Mountain. 8.30 Mountain. You know what I'm yes. saying? I forget about, like, my Mountain Zone heads out there. Um, <laughs> shout out to Mountain Time. Shout out to Mountain Time. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so we are on Twitch. Spawn on me. Um, so, so make sure to... Join the live show and participate in the chat um, and watch uh, frozen photos of uh, Ka uh, when when he's not here. Um, also, you can subscribe to our show on your podcatcher of choice, so whether it's iTunes, whether it's Google Play, whether it's NPR One service, whether it's Overcast, all that stuff. Make sure to subscribe to Spawn on Me and leave a review at any of those places as well. Um, also don't forget that you can find Tanya's stuff at I need diverse games. Um, I need DIV GMS on uh, Twitter as well as cipher of tier T Y R, um, on Twitter as well. Follow all the wonderful stuff that like uh, she's doing, um, as well. Hopefully we'll have her on soon so that she can talk about her stuff at PAX dev and at PAX West and, and Kai can talk about his experience at PAX West as well. That's the business. All right. Uh, what about uh, emails? Did you say that already? Uh, we don't do emails. Uh, oh, what? But if you want to email us, you can email us at spawnonmepodcast 
at gmail.com. I always forget yes. about the email. Um, yeah, man. Emailing, yeah. you know, for old folks like us, you can email. You you know, you, you have, have some words that you want to pontificate upon. Nope. 140 characters. Ask Spawn on me. That's the right. words. <laughs> All right. You know what I'm saying? That's always no, 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 but no. Seriously, if you want to send us an uh, email, spawnamepodcast right. at gmail.com, we right. will read your email and we will, you know, reply to it with uh, very good advice. Yeah, absolutely. Advice. Absolutely. And if you are here in the Twitch channel, um, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Exactly. Make sure yeah. to subscribe to us on Twitch yeah. um, because, in addition to the live shows on Thursday, we will also be streaming various games throughout That's the week. Correct. That um, is correct. So like be sure to follow so that you can g- get that notification. Yeah, get them notifications, y'all. Um so yeah, so I guess if there is nothing else, uh stay tuned, be ready to come back next week. We're not positive who the guest will be. It's a we mystery. can't we're not at liberty to say. But there will be a guest next oh, week. Oh, man. The tease. The tease. Yes, there will be a guest next week. Y'all. <laughs> so, uh, you know, be sure to uh, check us out here. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out everywhere. Uh, check us out next week. Until then, I will say for the absent, uh, for, not for the absent Sharif Jackson, but for the absent Khalif Adams, for the absent Tanya DePass. He is Sharif Jackson. I am Cicero Holmes. We are Spawn on Me, episode 189, and we'll say peace. Peace.